When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A lot of players contributed. Brian Rust won the game. How often do we say that? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this, and I hope you'll check those out as well. Penguins 3, Blues 2 via shootout in St. Louis last night, and the only goal scored by anyone in that shootout, and it went into a fourth round, was by Rust. And unlike pretty much everyone else involved, Rust simply skated down the rink, lowered his shoulders, sized up everything that Vile Husso was either giving him or not giving him, and just planted the puck in the spot that he preferred. Which not only brought the Penguins what I felt was a richly deserved two points for the broader performance that they had, but also made Rust three for three on shootouts this season five for five in his career, and it doesn't take much extrapolation from those numbers to realize that, A, he isn't getting used nearly enough on shootouts this year. B, it took forever to get him used on shootouts at all, which is the story of Rust's NHL life. We see him, and I'm totally guilty of this myself, As someone who comes with some limitations, maybe he's not this, maybe he's not that. And all he does, like a pro bowler, is knock every pin down as it's stacked in front of him. Do you remember when he first came up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton, the way he played? It was wild. I don't know that I'd seen someone come up from the minors and not pass the puck, but he didn't. He was put into third-line, fourth-line situations because that's, again, the way he'd been cast, even internally. And he'd skate around as if he was playing with those blinders that they put on the sides of horses' faces 
and never appeared to even give a cursory thought to seeing the rest of the rink, much less passing the puck to anyone. Now, you know and I know from years of observing him since then, he's anything but selfish. So I'm pointing this out only to really stress the dramatic extent to which he's made himself into the player that he is. A couple years ago, when he first started to get on the power play, something that he himself felt was overdue without being cocky, without being arrogant, he made a little, little play that I couldn't help but make note of in the press box. It's just the way he caught a pass and moved the puck just as quickly as he caught it to an open teammate. It was a skilled play. It was something that he had to have practiced at some point in order to be able to do it on the rink, and I hadn't seen it from him before. So after the game, even though it had nothing to do with anything, I approached and asked, what was that? And it's funny, but he knew exactly what I was talking about. Even though all I said was that thing that you did to receive the puck on the power play. And he looks up, he's unlacing his skates, looks up at me and goes, you like that, huh? Yeah, it's something that, uh, you know, I've been trying to perfect a little bit. You know, you got to do that in order to be out there on the ice with these guys. Really, really told me a lot about who he is. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So now we see him, you know, regular shift, First line, first power play, uh, even when he's put on Evgeny Malkin's line, that's for the positive reason of attempting to help another superstar get a little more productive as opposed to any kind of demotion. He's become a very, very, very good scoring winger in the National Hockey League. 20 goals despite having missed a bunch of time in the first half, despite having not started that great once he was in the lineup. Third straight season of 20 goals. Averaging, by the way, if you account for the pandemic scheduling, a goal every other game in the regular season. A goal every other game. So yeah, if you predicted... In listening to any portion of the first six minutes of this segment that I'm going to segue right into sign this guy and then, then pat yourself on the back because this player needs to stay in Pittsburgh. I don't see it as impossible. I don't see the salary cap as being unmanageable to the extent that you can't graft onto his current pay 
another two or three million dollars. It's going to cost somebody else something, but if Genny Malkin's probably going to give a couple million back with his next contract, Chris Letang might not be around at all, and Kasperi Kapitan is going to get rocketed into the hot sun at some point between now and next season, and there, by the way, is $3.25 million that's going into 20 consecutive games without a goal now. So there's your rust money. It's there. It's available. Work it out. He's worth it. You know who he is. You know what he is. You know what he represents. Oh, and another thing. Use this guy on shootouts. You know, this shootout last night in St. Louis went to a fourth round, which is the only reason he even participated. Chris Letang's now one for eight. I get it. Veteran this, been doing it for a long time. I don't care. Results are results. Russ needs to be part of the regular shootout. This was his very, very simple explanation for how he scored when no one else did. I got a similar thought process pretty much every time I go, I go down there. Um, there's a few things I look for, and um, I was able to pick my spot and score. That, my friends, is confidence. That's what that is. I'm not worried about what other people are doing. I'm not looking to pick up signals or learn from their mistakes. I have my own approach for this. Skate down the rink, see spot, hit spot, raise stick. This needs to be a penguin for life. When we come back, just one question. And today's J1Q comes from Patrick, who asks, I'm trying to be objective here. Shouldn't the Penguins just let Evgeny Malkin's contract expire aren't they falling into the same decision path that the Steelers did with Ben Roethlisberger aging star diminishing skills occupying cap space as you've said yourself they can find the extra money to pay Chris Letang with other roster moves shouldn't Malkin's 9.5 million be directed to some high scoring 28 or 29 year old top six forward somewhere on the free agent market this summer now Patrick sent this question in after the Penguins victory over St. Louis. So I'm going to presume that Patrick watched the way Gino played. He registered eight shots, was all over the puck, and was a big part of the reason the Penguins were all over the Blues for the better part of the evening. And by the way, Still somehow almost blew it. But I've also been saying for a couple weeks now that Gino has been playing generally well, even though he hasn't put up points. And now we're at six consecutive games without a point, which is uncharted territory for this extraordinary individual. My inclination is to say, as opposed to however you worded that, you know, aging, whatever, because I'm not seeing a player, and I'm watching him right now, who I think, boy, he's aging, because he's 
flying. I mean, he's he's all over the rink. He's making a lot of things happen. But there are two things that aren't happening for him right now. One of them is that for the first time since he's been back in the lineup, the power play has been firing some blanks. Now, they still look good. There's still some healthy possession and ultimately quality chances. That was true in this game, too. But they haven't put up numbers. And when you don't put up numbers and your main power play guys are expected to be your leading scorers and they're not putting up points with the man advantage, it's going to hit. The second thing is that there's just not much being generated by anybody around him five on five. I know, I know. It sounds like excuse making, especially the five on five stuff, right? I mean, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I realize it. Oh, yeah, I'm making an excuse for him. But you know, there's a reason that Mike Sullivan thought to move Rust with Malkin. Because it's not just the third and the fourth lines that he's looking to get going. It's also the second. Now, is Malkin doing enough? Of course not, if he gets no points in six games. But it's hard to get points in isolation in this league, no matter who you are, how good you are, how often you've done it in the past. Here's how I feel about Geno's slump from the point standpoint, because I'm going to say again that I think he's playing pretty well, and he's definitely putting in the effort. I feel like this is one of those slumps that you can classify in the Sidney Crosby slump bracket. And I think you know what I'm going to say here, because when Sid's gone through his, you can't even really call them slumps, but I guess lapses in production over the course of his brilliant career, it only feels like you're getting close to the next big run. And that's kind of where I am with Gino. This power play is way too good to be held down for a whole lot longer. They face some better opponents. They faced some really good defensive opponents, aggressive in-your-face penalty killers in particular. They've run into some really good goaltending, especially Tuesday night in Nashville by UC Soros. And also, stuff just happens. Look, Patrick, I'm not avoiding your actual question, which is, you know, would his money be better off distributed? I just feel better taking questions like that whenever it doesn't feel like a reaction to something that we're seeing as the last bad thing that happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Next time he goes on a tear, here, do me a favor. I, I, you hold me to this. The next time Gino goes on a tear, I want you to, not just one game, but I'm talking about like two, three, four, where he just lights it up, which, by the way, was exactly what he did right before this slump when he was the Penguins' very best player for a couple of weeks. Send me some other version of this same question, and and we'll have a good discussion about it. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one on Monday. Monday.